for the next few months. Can everybody say next few months? Uh, if you remember, one of the weeks we spoke about knowing and understanding more about right standing with God. How many of you remember that? Right. For the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring what it means for you and me to actually live out a righteous life. Uh, what, what it means for you and me to be uh, a, a kind of a community that is, that is always in right standing with God. See, because righteousness is an expectation not from the church. Righteousness is an expectation from God. Right? Wow. You guys don't agree with me on that. I'm not saying, you know, I don't have to be worried about saying this because God says this in His Word, alright? Righteousness is an expectation from God. And, and because if you, if you the first verse of, of our promise, it starts with the righteous will flourish, right? I've been, I've been saying that week in, week out because I really want this to be drilled in our hearts, to be drilled in, in, our, in our lives and everything that we're putting our hearts and our hands into. Righteousness is possible, in, in a time and age today as well. And, and for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at understanding what it means for us as a community to live in right standing with God. But today, I, kind of, I just kind of want to give like an opener to what the next few weeks are going to look like. Is that okay? Right? So let's, let's dive in straight. You know, uh, tonight's passage, uh, I'm, going to, I'm just going to help you get it, go there. But uh, I want to share this with you. This was about four years back. Uh, when we had to make a decision to move into Vimanagar, uh, Juhi and me, we were not yet married and we were looking for a house over here. And uh, Juhi was working uh, with this, uh, in the HR department and the company had this incredible policy where they would support people uh, with, the, with the brokerage. Right? How many of you know that it's, it's absolutely possible to get a house in Vimanagar without brokerage? No broker. <laughs> Colonel, I saw nobroker.com. I got the shock of my life. The kind of houses that were listed over there. But, I mean, no offense if you have listed a house on no broker, okay? I mean, I'm sure you have a good house if you have listed it. But when I saw houses on no broker, they were like, okay, we, we didn't know. But we had to give in. And, and that's not the story. The, the actual story is, you know, um, that same time when we had to look for a house, and the company had to take out the policy. Can you imagine what, what an epic timing? And I'll tell you why that happened. There were a few people in the company. Now, I, I made sure I clarified this with Joey. I'm not kind of releasing some internal uh, information. This, is, this was out there public as well. There were a few people in the company who started making false, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you say, false, uh, faulty rent agreements. Just so that they could claim brokerage. Can you imagine that? And... And, you know, somehow the, the, the company got to know and, and it got escalated to the guys in the U.S. because that's where the headquarters is. And the entire thing came crashing down and, and Julie was so frustrated. She's like, why at such a time like this? You know, but, but there's something that the company modeled during that time. And, and I, want, I want you to really hold on to this word when you, when you walk out. If there's one thing I want you to remember tonight is this phrase called... Zero tolerance. If you're working in the corporate sector, you would, you would know this very well, that there are certain policies, there are certain rules that, that the companies or every organization has a zero tolerance, right? Yes. If, you, if you're studying in a campus, there are certain rules and there are certain policies which speak about zero tolerance. Am I right? Yes. 
right? Tonight, you and me are going to be looking at uh, this, this question, I, and I want you to look to the person next to you and give them the title of my talk for tonight and ask them, what are you tolerating? Now, some of you are wondering, okay, who should I speak to, you know, on my left or my right, you know, just find somebody, but make sure you ask them, what are you tolerating? I don't know what answers you got. I don't know what answers you got. Just keep them to yourselves for now. Oh, I saw some spouses talking to each other. Spouses, do you want to do round two with someone else? But seriously, what are you and me tolerating? See, because when it comes to following Christ, you and me need to have some real hard conversations at times, right? If you've ever walked into Zealous, if you've ever walked into our gatherings, you would have heard this for sure that we aim to be a God-centered community, right? And at times, as much as that is true, there are situations, there are times and there are circumstances where you and me get caught up in situations where we either have to tolerate with things on a back-to-back -back basis. And, and without you and me knowing that, those things kind of hinder our growth. Now, here with me, I said this, this talk for tonight is like an opener to everything that we're going to be talking for the next few weeks. But I want you to know this, to grow in your journey of knowing Jesus and his righteousness, we're going to ask ourselves some real honest hard questions. How many of you like that? Two people. Okay, four, four, five people. Rest of you, I know, I'm with you, I don't like that either. So, I want to tell you this, today, I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to myself as well. Because I, myself, I'm going to be on this journey with all of us. So, we're going to do this together. Can we do this together? Yeah. Right? Because if you really want to mature, if you really want to grow, you can't always sweet talk your way with God. Right? You can't just sweet talk your way with God. You can't just come to God and, and like, you know, sing of his love and sing of his goodness. And all that is true. All that is good. But that can't continue as you mature in your journey with Jesus. Am I talking to some Jesus followers tonight? Now, I know some of you are still on that journey and it's okay that, that you're still exploring where you stand when it comes to your decisions and when it comes to your stand. But... This is a very critical and an important question that you and me need to ask yourself and myself. And I'm, as I am doing this, I'm not just, I just didn't coin this because last week when I was traveling, I, I really felt God ask me this question. From personal life, from my relationship standpoint with God, from my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my family, I felt God really nudge me and ask this specific question, Ninad, what are you tolerating? So, Nenad does something simple. I'm kind of bringing this question to you. <laughs> Zealous, what are we tolerating? There's a, there's a unique conversation that Jesus has in Matthew chapter 16, where he's talking to his disciples. And, and I think Neeraj had covered this when, when he was speaking to us. Uh, this is Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 onwards, and we'll just read a couple of verses. 
Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him, what? Deny himself. Take up the cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will what? Ouch. Lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Amen? Some of you did nod to that because I know you don't like reading such things from the Bible. We all love reading the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. We will bear fruit even when we are of old age. But then when it comes to things like deny yourself and follow me. Yeah, Jesus, let's meet next Sunday. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for this evening and every single person in this room. I want to thank you, God, because your presence is here and you're truly making a difference and an impact in our lives. So, Lord, we hand over this conversation and this talk over to you. Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us and every single person in this room. Challenge us and correct us in wherever you need to correct us, Lord, and convict us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is a very unique thing that Jesus says. Because, and I want to try and frame this in the context of a righteous person that you and me are talking about. You know, the reason I ask this question, because there are so many instances when we start growing in a, in a Christian walk, without you and me knowing, without me and you and me acknowledging or realizing or understanding, there are so many things that we start tolerating in our journey or our walk. Right? Don't you guys go quiet on me tonight, okay? This is, this is as hard for me as it is for you guys if you're on the listening side. So, just for tonight, can you talk back to me? Yeah. Right? See, because a righteous life for a Christ follower is not just a tolerant, but a redemptive journey. I want, you to, I want you to write this down, whether you have to take notes, record it or whatever, because I really want you to go back and meditate on this word, because I'm going to do that myself. Because many times we think when we are growing in our walk with Jesus, it's all about, you know, receiving his love, receiving his love, receiving his love. But there comes a time where Jesus asks you, are you willing to deny yourself and truly follow me? Tonight our conversation is going to be a bit more, bit more intense in terms of what God is expecting out of us. See, because if you re read the Gospels right from the time you see the life of Jesus, every time Jesus had a conversation, whether it was with his disciples or it was with the crowd, he intended that their lives would be transformed. What do I mean by that? He desired that every single person that Jesus spoke to move from a, from a place of the old self or from a place of being dead spiritually to, to be made new and be made alive because and through the love of Christ, right? So, so you'd see that every single conversation was, was intended for people to begin their redemptive journey. You and me are on a journey where, where we come to church not just to make ourselves feel happy, but I hope you and me are coming to church because we are on that redemptive path and that as we pursue Christ and as we pursue His, His love and His purpose and His destiny, we will continue, continually move away from the old and move into the future and the new self that Christ talks about in the Bible. So, 
and this radical transformation and and this 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 thing called about moving from death to moving to life or moving from just life from just living to an abundant living that is a key to your christ uh, to your christian living because god is not going to be satisfied if you just keep coming on sundays god is not going to be satisfied if you just keep giving your offerings and your tithes on on a monthly basis god is not going to be satisfied if your playlists on on your music portals are, are like very much in place god is not going to be satisfied if you if you just read 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 the bible but you're not putting it into any kind of application in your daily lives so tonight i want you to realize that an authentic life change and a longing for jesus requires letting go of your preferences and clinging to god's desires anybody re- ready to cling on to god tonight but before that how many of you are ready to let go of your desires let's be real man it's very hard it's very hard but i want to also take the responsibility and tell you it is very essential for you and me to do that it is very much essential because if we believe in the unconditional love of god if we believe that that god is the one who took our place on the cross and died for us so that you and me would live god was not tolerant with jesus when jesus was going on the cross i think i think we sang a bit of it when benji took the first song god was not tolerant so if you have had this picture of jesus in your mind where he's always smiling he's always calm and he say my son my daughter come to me that's true but that's not the entirety of the picture there are times where jesus was intolerant there are situations and there are moments recorded in the bible i'm not making this up but jesus was intolerant towards the nature of sin in humanity not the sinner not you and me but the sin and the wrong doings and the on the wrong lifestyles in our lives jesus is intolerant when it comes to sin but but i also want to tell you this the love of god is not a tolerant love it's much better can everybody say it's much better come on guys it's much better it's much better because the love of god it's it's a redemptive love it's a redemptive love and and paul i love it that this guy he always is like you know he he's he's so brutally honest at times and we're going to look at one of the most uh if i would say harsh way of paul encouraging one of the communities in in uh, from colossians and he's talking to us where paul is addressing and helping them understand that if you and me have put our faith in this in this idea called jesus christ who's a person and not just another myth he's he's a true real god one true living god there are certain things that you need to move away from so let's read colossians chapter 3 verses 1 onwards are you guys okay So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ say it with me act like it This is the message version so some of you might find some words uh, phrased a bit different act like it pursue the things over which Christ presides don't shuffle along eyes to the ground absorb with the things right in front of you 
Look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. Some of you, you give way too much importance to your problems. I'm, I'm one of them, by the way. Right? But, but the Bible says that's not where the action is. Your challenges, your difficulties, your failures, that's not where the action is. The action is happening somewhere else. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life. Can everybody say your real life? Real life. Oh, some of you are not saying it. Your real life. Real life. Tonight I'm going to be, forgive me, but I'm going to pester you a little bit. Is that okay? Because I really want to drill this down in the way it should be, like you guys should receive it. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, you remember, shows up again on this earth, you will show up to the real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. Paul, are you serious? Are you telling me to be content with my failures? Are you telling me that I should just acknowledge and accept my failures? Well, let's read on. And that means, this is where it gets brutally honest, okay? That's what, this is the part I was talking about. That means, let's have fun. Let's read this together. Why should I go through all of this, man? I, you guys, should, you should, guys should read with me. Can we read this together, please? And that means, killing off everything connected with that way of death. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like doing it, and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead by God. It's because of this thing, this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. Wait a minute, we are in the New Testament. Why is Paul talking about anger? God is a God of love. Where did anger show up in the New Testament? I thought that was only in the Old Testament. Right, Neeraj? Like fire, brimstone, lightning, thunder. We're talking about anger. Okay, let's continue reading. I'll not dramatize this too much. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff, but not knowing any better. But you know, you know better now. Can turn to the person next to you and say, you know better now. No, 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 no. You know, you know better now. You know better now. So make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability. This is where, this is like our daily stuff, right? Monday to Saturday. This is not a Sunday gathering things Paul is talking about. Because everybody shows up at their best behavior on Sunday evenings. Bad temper, Irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. Don't lie to one another. Are you serious, Paul? Like, spare us. Like, let us at least deal with a few things in our way. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you have stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator. Are you guys still awake? Yes. You better be awake when you're reading this. This is, when I read this, I was like, oh my goodness, this, tonight's going to be exciting. Custom made by the creator with his label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. 
words like jewish and non jewish religious and irreligious insider outsider uncivilized and uncouth slave and free mean nothing from now on everyone is defined by everyone is included in christ that's you and me that is you and me and and paul is kind of really breaking this down to help all of us understand this one simple thing you can either live your life based on the convictions from the scriptures or the attractions of the culture i want to say it again you can either live your life based on the convictions from the scriptures or the attraction of the culture and i know i know as as christ followers we we don't need to engage with the culture you know we don't need to embrace and all of that all those fancy lingos is is fantastic but paul is helping you and me go a bit deeper when it comes to your understanding and my understanding and this is what he's saying you know he is writing and encouraging them hey in other words it's time you and me really be countercultural does anybody like the idea of that i mean come on let's be real right all the college folks where you at tell me at least one thing that you have done in your life just to stand out tell me i'm wrong oh all of you all those college folks are acting like they are not in college at all now let's go to the working folks tell me we didn't act in a way we where we thought we knew it all and we wanted to like be the best and and try to be everything possible even when we are not just so that we could stand out but paul is getting real he's saying man are you convicted enough with the word of god with the scriptures to live a life that is countercultural because i want to tell you this as as the years go on and as the trends change as the cultures change there's one thing that's going to remain constant and that's the word of god and if you and me really want to follow christ if you and me really want to build this thing called zealous and this build this thing called the church you and me have to be counter cultural our new lives if you have received jesus as the lord and savior your new lives in christ are meant to be counter cultural if you really want to stand up let's stand up for that and i know i've got the mic tonight so i can i can i can like belt this at you but but i've been in that phase where you have li- where i've lived as a christ follower but not been a countercultural when it when i could have been but paul is speaking exactly to us he's not don't tonight is not about oh maybe yeah it's it's for it's for neeraj you know oh it's for david you know it's it's for us can everybody say it's for me it's for me a new lives centered in christ are meant to be countercultural So let me ask you this question. How often do you evaluate your convictions? Or rather, let me ask you a very basic question. Do we know what we are convicted about? Do we really know what we are convicted about? Because I believe Jesus wants you and me to be convicted about the gospel message. Right? wherever we go whatever we do the simplicity of the message of the gospel of jesus christ 
needs to be our conviction and then comes the simple question how often do we even evaluate our convictions how often do we do we really live our lives in accordance to the word of god how 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 often do we actually take time to kind of you know sit down and understand what jesus is speaking about us in this scripture because he is talking to you he is talking to me he is not just talking to a church that existed about 2000 years back he's talking to you in the 21st in 2020 wherever you are whether you're studying you're working you're doing your entire business whatever you're doing wherever you spend most of your time jesus is speaking to you through the scriptures because if we, if you're not attentive a tolerant attitude gives room for our selfish ungodly desires that eventually kill our conviction it kills our conviction and and i remember there have been so many instances in my in my journey as a christ follower where we we get so good at playing church right i mean you know the perfect thing to say at the perfect moment don't give me such serious faces i've been there okay i've been there in a place where where everything in your house is messed up but the moment, the minute you look you show up in church you have the biggest and the brightest smile because we we are not we are not a, we are not designed in a way where we can share our vulnerabilities right we're not designed in a way where 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 where, where we are meant to show our weaknesses or because we will be judged or we we put on this mask about about living as a Christ follower but we we are no longer willing to die to the things that God is wanting us to die to and and you may think it's okay i may think it's okay but if you if you if you really understand that we are on a journey pursuing the righteousness that God wants us to pursue if you're on if you've begun that journey then maybe this is a talk that you and me really need to sit down and have with ourselves first before we can start talking to others and kind of you know put talking to others about it and this is where paul is helping this community to really understand that there are certain things in your life that you do not tolerate there are certain things in your life where you really need to be intolerant there are certain things that you really don't need to give into every thing that is that that you are surrounded with so then where do we go from here My goodness I thought this Christian life was more simple. I thought that after I accepted Christ everything is going to be a cake walk and like you know I'm going to flourish and I'm going to bear fruit till old age. But I love how the psalmist phrased it right the righteous will flourish. Are we on the journey for pursuing righteousness? Show of hands if you're on that journey. pursue righteousness so i asked god this question okay god i want to i want to really work on this i know i've not arrived i am working i know there are flaws in my life i know there are certain things that you you're allowing me to correct in my life because of your word so i asked god okay where do we go from here where do i go from here and and i love sometimes it's it's amazing if you really allow god to talk to you how simple he can really be when it comes to his communication with you 
And this is, this is something that I, that I felt impressed on my heart. Have you ever wondered that there is a massive gap between your belief and your behavior? Anybody been on that road? I've been on that journey and I know how, how much it sucks. Because if that, if that gap keeps on increasing, right? You can't stretch too much, right? There's only a certain point to what you can stretch. And especially if you're wearing low-waist jeans, you can't even do that. So this is what I felt impressed with my heart. And I want to share this with you. And I hope this really clicks because when I heard this, it was so simple, yet it, it was so profound. We need to reduce the disparity between your belief and your behavior. Simple words... Cut the gap. Can you turn to the person next to you and tell them, cut the gap? Cut the gap, guys. Reduce the disparity between what you believe and, and how you behave. How we live our lives versus what we believe. Because I'm telling you, there are situations, salvation was, was, was you know, God took up the responsibility to, to ensure that you and me got salvation because of Jesus. But he also left the responsibility on you and me to work out our salvation, right? You remember that in the Bible it says, work out your salvation. So it's your responsibility to live out the new life. As you take steps to bridge, the, uh, to reduce the gap, God is going to show up and help you. You're not, go, you're not in this alone. Does that, does that excite you? You're not, you don't have to do this by yourself, but God is going to show up and help you. Because Paul's encouragement and his counsel to this community is, is to help them understand that, hey, bro, there's a vast gap between what you guys say, what you believe, and what you actually do. There's a vast gap. Can everybody say there's a vast gap? And Paul is helping them understand, you know, between what you believe and how you live, you need to constantly work on cutting that gap because you can't, you can't talk, you can't believe hope and live in fear. You can't talk about faith and sing songs about faith, but the minute you walk out of this place, you, your life is gripped with fear again. You can't talk about generosity and hold back on your giving when it comes to an opportunity when you're outside the church. You can't talk about, you know, when you're talking about your new life and you constantly behave how you lived as your old self when Jesus was not a part of your life anymore. Paul is talking to those exact same people who believe in Jesus and he's telling them and he's encouraging them what you believe in reflects the way how you live your life. It reflects. I love this quote by this guy called A.W. Tozer and this is what he says. I am convinced that a committed Christian will show a zealous concern. You know why I like it now? I'm convinced that a committed Christian will show a zealous concern for the cause of Christ. He or she will live once in a year. What does it say guys? Come on. He or she will live daily with a set of spiritual convictions taken from the culture of this earth. Our convictions are based from here. 
What we are really passionate about is found in here. What we, the reason why we do this every week is found in here. The reason why we are so unashamed about talking about the love of God every week is because it was spoken of over here. The reason why we do everything that we do under the name of Jesus is because if Jesus was here in Pune in 2020, he would have done the same thing over and over again, even today. So this gospel message has not died. This gospel message is still relevant to you and me in a time and age like this. And I want to thank God that we get to do church in 2020. I don't care what's happening around us. That is not going to break us to follow our faith. I don't care what challenges you and me get hit with. If your hope in Christ is strong, it will never crumble. If you are convicted about the gospel message. But if you continue tolerating certain things in your life, certain habits in your life, certain lifestyles in your life, certain principles in your life, certain ideas in your life, those are the very things that are going to stop your journey. And then you come to a mode where you just want to maintain everything. You're not, you're not progressing, you're just maintaining. And Christ, he was, he was savage when it came to injustice. Jesus was savage when it came to somebody, you know, living a life of hypocrisy. The religious folks, you, you go back and read the conversations of Jesus and the religious folks. I pick on that example always. He gave it to them, man. The guys, the know-it-alls who thought they knew the law but did not practice anything about it. He gave it to them, but even to the people who came to him and got healed through his miracles that he did. Like that woman who came and you know, who was caught in the act of adultery and, and the, the, the religious people wanted to stone her to death. But Jesus said, you know, which one among you has not sinned even once? Be the first one to throw a stone. Nobody, nobody picked up a stone. Everybody left. And as much as Jesus showed love to that woman in that place, Jesus also told her, Go and sin no more. Because I'll tell you, Jesus will make sure that He loves you. He'll make sure that He's, he's tolerant with you as a person. But he, he, He's not a tolerant God when it comes to our sinful nature. So He'll make sure that through His love, through His grace, through His forgiveness, He will forge the new person in you in such a glorious and a, such a detailed and a practical way that you will have no option but to give up on your old life. Deny yourself and follow Christ. Billy Graham was one of the famous evangelists that lived in, in this time and, and, and he quotes this. A counterfeit Christian single-handedly can do more retard to the progress of the church than a dozen saints can do to forward it. When I read this, I was shocked. And, and I know, you know, we, we want to build a community that is authentic, right? We're not, we not going away from that. That is still our core. We're still going to be a community where we, where we continue saying that everybody belongs, irrespective of where you come from, what your upbringing is, whether you believe or you don't believe, you still belong in this place. But I hope we never become a people that while we truly aim to build an authentic community, we forget to build our authentic lives through living out the scriptures.
because that's the that's the end game of you and me to exist as a god-centered community we are to live out the scriptures have you ever heard this line that that the first part of the bible anyone would ever read would be your life the first part of the bible if somebody can ever read for someone who's never even taken out time to read the bible would be your life so the love of god is not a tolerant love it is much better it is a redemptive love god did not spare his own son when it came to jesus dying on the cross because that's how much he despises sin so you know for all of those who are wondering that paul gave such a long lecture about you know the things that you should not do and put off this and kill that and and make sure that you don't give into this and that and if you ever have been left wondering okay if i have to get rid of all of this what do i do with my life i love it that the gospel story is never an incomplete story i love it that the gospel message is not an incomplete message i love it when paul's encouragement comes with so much of of a bashing it doesn't just stop there but paul kind of switches the tone of his conversation to the next few verses if you read and if you go to colossians chapter 12 to 16 this is what paul says therefore as the elect of god can everybody say elect of god holy and beloved put on tender mercies kindness humility come on read it with me meekness long suffering bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against one another even as Christ forgave you you must also do but above all these things put on love which is the bond of perfection and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called to be in one body and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom teaching and admonishing admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the lord i'm so glad that paul then didn't stop at the bashing that he gave the colossians community but with that bashing he kind of also gave a solution to what is the kind of life that you and me need to live as we pursue righteousness so i want to challenge you church i don't know where you stand about this honest simple question about what are you tolerating in your life but i hope tonight you have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to the things that are going to keep you away from your life and your relationship with the creator of the universe today i hope you have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to living the righteous that not me but christ wants you to pursue and i hope all of us live according to the new identity that we have received through Jesus So what are you tolerating in your life And how long will you keep tolerating those things We're so glad you've been listening in If you'd like to know more about us follow us on Insta at @zelispune or visit us online at zelis.community